does baseball look the same to you as it does to me? When we look at baseball, how much do we see? Well, the curveballs bend and the home runs fly. There's more to the game than meets the eye. To get the stats compiled and the stories filed, fans on the internet might get riled, but we can break it down on Effectively Wild. Hello and welcome to episode 2100 of Effectively Wild, a baseball podcast from Fangraphs presented by our Patreon supporters. I am Ben Lindbergh of The Ringer, joined by Meg Rowley of Fangraphs. Hello, Meg. Hello. We have a full house today. Also Mm. on the line, we have Michael Bauman of Fangraphs, who recently mailed me a Christmas card addressed to the Otani family. Thank you for the card. (laughs) So this is, I've been doing this because I can never remember if your wife took your last name or not. <laughs> so, not. Re- okay. So maybe next year I will address it to the actual residents of your house. Well, it was delivered. So I guess the U.S. Postal Service considers me an honorary Otani. They I'll take no it. Shohei Otani doesn't live in your apartment. <laughs> no, no one knows where he lives. Well, maybe Portia the show bay. But also with us is Fangraph's Ben Clemens, a.k.a. Other Ben. Doesn't seem to matter what he do. He's always number two he's just other ben anywhere else he'd be a 10 hi ben hey ben how's it going you're been enough for me and finally (laughs) we are joined by effectively wild listener patreon supporter and patreon discord group founder and also twins playoff lost streak documentarian chris hannell hello chris and congrats on snapping the streak with your video i did it myself (laughs) single-handedly no one else gets to take any credit except me that's the way that i'm going with this make another video maybe they'll win a playoff round we'll see they did win a playoff round oh yeah you're right (laughs) i forgot (laughs) wow please please don't please don't put that on me they won a they won a wild card round i'll give them that okay okay i i hear the discount in your voice God, we're not relitigating this again. We can't. We can't do it. We've already settled this question. Apologies, Twins fans. You're all mad at me now. Wow. So. I am deducting more points from the exercise we're just about to do right now. Yeah. Well, Bauman's going to put me through an exercise before that exercise, I think. But we are all here today to reconvene after convening just before opening day when we made our preseason predictions, which was Chris's suggestion. And Chris also kept track and scored it and made graphics and has an eight-page Google Doc with all the results. So we played a prediction game, and the book isn't completely closed on every single prediction, but almost every prediction I've, is I've seen enough. Now. Yes, <laughs> you can you can call the result. We have a winner and losers. So we will just go through the predictions and remember what we predicted before we knew as much as we do now and what the audience thought of those predictions and which ones came true or didn't. I have a couple transaction-related questions to ask, but Bauman, do you want to put me through this ordeal? Yeah, uh, at least one person uh, mm-hmm. at the winter meetings said how much they missed college baseball player or, so we're going to play a quick <laughs> it, round of that. It, it wasn't me. I wasn't at the winter meetings. but uh, Yeah, it wasn't other Ben either because <laughs> I think he was sick of spending time with me by the, the end of the week. <laughs> so we're going to do – Three questions. It is college baseball player or in honor of uh, For All Mankind, which is out now. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
college baseball player or U.S. space shuttle astronaut. Oh, wow. OK. <laughs> I've, I've at least heard of some space shuttle astronauts, unlike every college baseball player. So first one up, Sherwood Spring. Sherwood Spring. That is an astronaut, I believe. That is an astronaut. He See, flew I'm, one <laughs> shuttle mission on the space shuttle Atlantis in 1985. I might be enough of a space nerd to actually do okay at I'm, this game. Okay, he was the... <laughs> all right, next one up, Jonathan Vastine. Jonathan Vastine. Uh, that doesn't really ring a bell, so I'm going to guess college baseball player. College baseball player. <laughs> All right. Infielder Vanderbilt. Wow, the last okay. one is Story Musgrave. Story Musgrave. That, uh, okay, I've heard that name before, so that, <laughs> that's that got to be an astronaut. <laughs> that is indeed an astronaut. I okay. love the, I've heard of this guy, so he's an astronaut. He's yeah. actually rather a famous astronaut. Can't be, yeah, can't be a college baseball player. I he's, wouldn't have heard of him. Yeah, he's the only one, only person who have flown on all five space shuttles, had like uh -huh. a ridiculous like 30-year career at NASA. All so. right. Yeah, this game, this is good. <laughs> I got you with the, the Lincoln assassin. Yeah. Than last time. So I need to find a better crop of comparables. It has to be something I don't know anything about. <laughs> so you've screwed up the game. You've played right into my hands here. This is this is excellent. Damn. All right. Well, I do have a question for you and other Ben, because you have both written about Braves trades, I believe, in the past few weeks. And I got to ask you to help me make sense of what the Braves are doing. You can all chime in on this one. But the Atlanta Braves started off the offseason with some pretty normal moves. They extended Pierce Johnson and they re-signed Joe Jimenez and they signed Reynaldo Lopez and they exercised Charlie Morton's option and they declined some options. Since then, though, they have been hot potatoing players in a really weird way where they keep acquiring guys and then get getting rid of those guys. And maybe the dust has settled now. So I, I want to ask, like, what you think the, the net effect of all of these trades is. So just to recap, mid-November, November 16th, they traded Michael Soroka, Braden Shoemake, Nicky Lopez, Jared Schuster, and Riley Gowans to the White Sox for Aaron Bummer. The next day... They traded Kyle Wright to the Royals for Jackson Coar, and also in a separate trade, the Royals acquired Nick Anderson from the Braves for cash. Then December 3rd, they took Coar and Cole Phillips, traded them to the Mariners for Jared Kelnick, Marco Gonzalez, and Evan White. We played what did Jerry DePoto do is as a result of that trade. Then two days later, they flipped Gonzalez with cash to the Pirates for a player to be named later. Three days after that, they flipped White with Tyler Thomas to the Angels for Max Stassi and David Fletcher. Then the next day, they traded Stassi and Cash to the White Sox for a player to be named later. Ben, you wrote about the Stassi and Fletcher trade or trades, I think, and you basically yep. said, like, this is too boring to write about. Like, don't even <laughs> bother reading this post, essentially. But I asked him to do it anyway. <laughs> yep. Then December 15th, most recently now, they traded Drew Campbell to the Padres for Ray Kerr and Matt Carpenter. And finally, on the 18th, finally for now, this is uh, earlier today as we record, they released Matt Carpenter which is quite an insult because I guess they couldn't even find a taker for him. <laughs> they managed to flip everyone else they acquired, but I guess no one wanted Matt Carpenter. Anyway, the upshot, 
they took on Fletcher's remaining $14 million salary, about three quarters of Gonzalez's 12 and a quarter million dollar salary, six and a quarter of Stasi's $7 million salary, four million of Carpenter's five and a half million dollar salary. So they've gained Ray Kerr, Aaron Bummer, Jared Kelnick, and David Fletcher, but they've also added enough, enough salary for people they aren't playing that although their payroll is fifth in MLB at $230 million, their luxury tax payroll is third at $268 million above the threshold. So is this some sort of red paperclip arbitrage brilliance or is Alex Anthopoulos mad with boredom because most of his roster is signed for the next decade? What is happening here? So I had that same thought that Alex Anthopoulos is just locked in the best roster in base, baseball and is just doing make work stuff to make sure he doesn't get automated out of a job. <laughs> but so I'll just, you know, as the person on this call who has by far the most experience working in finance, um, <laughs> I'm just going to go out and say this is the only publicly traded team in baseball. They're doing stock manipulation, right? This is like someone's. What does this have to do with the Braves Foundation? Do you think Evan White is donating some of his salary to the Braves Foundation? <laughs> I guess they Evan White is maybe the one person they're not paying not to play for yeah, them i, I think. mean evan yeah, white is true. also evan white's contract is a charity in and of itself oh wow <laughs> so <laughs> but i think it's interesting you mentioned one red paper clip because i don't mm. know if you actually read the one red paper clip transactions i did last <laughs> year when i was bored i referenced mm. one red paper clip in my raise story that went up yeah. today but <laughs> most of them are not interesting most mm. of them are like trading something worthless for something else worthless and then at the end he sells like a concert ticket for a house <laughs> And like it works out really well, but most of these are very one red paperclip-ish. They're like trading something not very useful for something else not very useful. Mm -hmm. But I mean, how much would you pay to get Jared Kelnick on your team on arbitration for a while? I think that's basically the question that the Braves answered, like $20 million or so. Yeah, I know they had just too many players maybe and so they had to get rid of some players and clear some some space on the 40 man and then maybe a bunch of those guys were arb eligible and could have been non-tender candidates anyway potentially but especially with like Kerr and Bummer were there no left-handed free agent relievers it would have been so much simpler to just sign someone I don't know what that market looks like but I mean I guess it's it's fine if like all they had to do really was upgrade their left-handed relief you know just about everything else was set on this roster so I think Fletcher makes a lot of sense for them like if you're gonna do all this shuffling and take on money you should have it be for a a role that you really had trouble filling in the past yeah that's like utility infielder if you're going to have dead money, like once they had decided to take on dead money for Kelnick, which fine, like that kind of makes sense. Left hole, left field is a hole in their roster and he's young and the Braves love like locking up young people with a good contract. So if he plays well this year, they'll probably extend him. But once you've decided to do that, it's a lot more useful to have Fletcher as your dead money than, uh, than like Evan White, who you're just not going to play. So they did a few extra trades to get the, um, like overpaying is the wrong way to say it, but a salary that someone wouldn't get on, on the open market. They'd rather have theirs be David Fletcher, who will play like a lot of useful innings for them, than Evan White, who wouldn't. And then they had to do Max Stassi to make the money work, but Max Stassi is never going to play for them. And I bet you they got a a reasonably good player to be named later for him. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Right. So we still don't know the identities of the the PTBNLs, but they did start this sequence with Nicky Lopez, though. 
who could have been their David Fletcher, right? And well, if <laughs> Nicky Lopez could have been their David Fletcher, he would have been their David Fletcher. Right. Maybe. Maybe, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's extremely elaborate. This looks a lot bigger than it is, I think, because particularly in the first couple of trades, there were a bunch of guys who were basically non-tender candidates who were former yeah. first-round picks or like, you know, Soroka and Wright have been good in the majors. Shoemake was a first-rounder. And like those guys are either cooked or injured and were going to get yeah. let go for nothing anyway. So I think that yeah. particularly that White Sox, that first White Sox trade like looks like a blockbuster and it really was just these guys are all going to be free agents anyway. Also, I think Aaron Bummer is really good. I think he's the best player in any of these. Yeah, that that trades didn't blow my mind. When that was done, I got it. I understood. And then there were so many more trades. <laughs> yeah, I, to me, it's like they got Aaron Bummer. Then they got Jared Kelnick and they were like, uh, well, yeah. I don't know what to do with these other guys we got to to make the Mariners uh, or to help the Mariners drop a little payroll. So, like, let's just yeah. furiously turn them. <laughs> OK, the Ray Kerr one, I, I don't get I, I got nothing for it. I love that that happened late enough that like I was like, oh, do I really need to assign something with Matt Carpenter and Ray Kerr? And then this morning they just let him go and uh, Carpenter go. And I was like, I guess we're just not going to write up this trade. It's fine. Yeah, it's OK. <laughs> it's not been covered on Effectively Wild. So you can yeah, check there that you box. Yeah, there you go. There you go. OK, well, it's uh, inventive. I'll give them that. They are just tap dancing and spinning plates over there. They didn't really have to do much of anything, I guess, but but they're keeping busy. You know, they're staying warm over there, I guess. You've now introduced the terrifying idea that like Anthopolis is in fact so bored that he's creating work and that he will decide to do that <laughs> later and later into this week and then into next week when we are dark. And I am just saying, Alex, <laughs> spend time with your family. No one does busy work over Christmas. Mm, famous last words. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What are you? What are? See, now, Ben, you have volunteered. <laughs> you are speaking this into existence. And now next week when I need someone to write up a big trade, I'm going to be like, hey, Ben, guess what we're doing today? So big trade is fine, but you know that this trade will be like tiny. I don't know, trading for someone who's <laughs> retired but whose contract is still going. He'll trade for Prince Fielder somehow, and he's going to end up with a Corbin Burnson snow globe on his desk. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. See, see. I mean, so the way to prevent this, I'm going to Cobb County for Christmas, so I can just oh. find Alex Anthopoulos and like <laughs> time to a radiator or something. <laughs> Comparatively speaking, the Diamondbacks just, uh, you know, bringing back Lourdes Gurriel is just so simple. Just, you know, we'll, we'll bring back a player who's pretty good and we'll give him an expected amount of money for a few years and we get an option and he gets an opt out and uh, we were happy with each other. And it's all so simple. Just no subsequent moves have to be made because of this move. Yep. Anyone have any thoughts on the Diamondbacks resigning Lourdes Gurriel Jr.? I freaking love Lord Escuriel. <laughs> uh, I feel like the guys in the Diamondbacks clubhouse also love Lord Escuriel Jr., so I know they seem pretty stoked. I still think that the D-backs would benefit from like a big bopper DH, um, but it sounds like they're still in the market for a big bopper DH, and there are a couple of those guys available. Um, I really like the D-backs offseason. I think that the reception to it has been muted relative to what other folks in their division have done, which is understandable because they, you know, literally trade or traded for Glasnow and signed Otani if you're the Dodgers. But um, I don't know, like they won a World Series. Nope. Or they went to a World Series. <laughs> Sorry. 
Yeah, I for all mankind did that. I've made that mistake too. <laughs> hey, it's okay. I forgot the Twins won a playoff round, technically. But they went to the World Series. They had uh, money as a result of that. And they were like, hey, let's go spend some of it so that we can try to be competitive in this division, which I think will prove fruitless from a division race perspective, but puts them in some good wild card position. And yeah. I, I like it. They're doing, they're doing what we want to see teams do when they've had a, a successful postseason run. So good job, D-Vax. Proud of you. I saw in the second to last paragraph of Dan Saborski's breakdown at Fangrass, he said something about how, you know, the Mariners could have used someone like this. I don't know if that was an editorial <laughs> mandate or he just twisted the knife just on his own. Had nothing to do with that, you know. Maybe Dan just knows me, uh, but I didn't, I didn't have anything to do with that. That was Dan mm-hmm. all on his own, yeah. you know. All right. Well, we have uh, bantered long enough. I think we can move on to our game here. And I guess I'll, I'll let Chris MC. So we are going back to yeah. episode 1987 here, the 2023 preseason predictions game, March 29th. We got together and we we made what were supposed to be sort of bold predictions. I think that was the idea. These were mostly... Th- yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of us. Hey, I was proud of how bold I was with my <laughs> predictions. You were all very bold. It was all Aww. very bright. It was I I was really actually wait, before we start, can I break some news? I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, um Steve Cohen has fired David Stearns. What? So this comes from Eduardo Escobar social media of all places. He took Steve Cohen out to dinner over the weekend. And then Cohen got a series of phone calls that resulted in firing his front office. It turns out that he was approached with the opportunity to hire Theo Epstein and Kim Ng at a discount, but they had to come in a package deal and he had to accept the offer on the spot. This is not real. And so he did it. And so Escobar asked Cohen why he agreed to the offer. And Cohen said that he didn't want to have Bogo Pobo FOMO at Fogo. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Oh, oh no! Wow, I have been I've been saving that for weeks now. <laughs> I should have said no. I should have said no. You cannot no. break some news. <laughs> <laughs> I just wow. needed to hear those groans. That's all I needed. And I knew where can... this was going. Yes, I I, I I was wondering if I was going to get cut off halfway. <laughs> I was like, no, let me finish. <laughs> You still want to let this guy MC Ben? I've been second thoughts, but this was his whole idea. So take okay. it away, Chris. Whatever order you want to recap yeah. these things in. Well, the first thing I want to say is, Ben, you were really worried when we talked about the original idea that everyone was just going to say no to all 40 things mm. and that it, the, the voting would not be interesting. Well, we had 912 ballots. Mm-hmm. Out of those 912 ballots, only two people voted no on all 40 and two people voted yes on all 40 every other ballot was completely unique wow there were no duplicate ballots among the rest so this was very wild and varied so what i'm going to do is i'm going to go through our four contestants from last place to first place and i will rank them by how likely people thought they were and we can break them down that way which means we get to start with a mr ben Lindbergh. Yes. <laughs> Just to remind everyone, the way that this works was we made our predictions and then we put it up to the audience and they judged how likely they thought each prediction was to come true. And then the more likely it was, the less credit we got 
if it came true, because the idea was to have things be bold, but within the realm of possibility. So we were trying to reward ourselves for long shots that that paid off that came in. Right. And yes, I, I think, though, what I learned through this process is that people want to vote yes Right. People, if they're participating in this poll, they don't want to say well, this won't happen. This won't happen. This They want to believe. Yeah. Right. Ryan Nelson and I had a very long conversation after the episode aired and Ryan was very much like. I, I think the correct move is to just vote no on everything. And yeah. I'm like, I don't think that's the winning move, but you're going to statistically have a positive score at the end. That's for damn sure. But yeah. well, there's a lot <laughs> of these that I'm just like, the percentage is like, no, none of you understand statistics. What is going on here? Right. Well, yeah, it's like the Ben Clemens prediction methods sort of, yes. right? Where it's like... <laughs> you, you go for the thing that is more likely than people think is likely, but that doesn't yes. necessarily mean it's likely in the aggregate. Right. Even though all yeah. or most of these things were less likely to happen than they were to happen. So in yes. theory, yeah. everyone should have voted no on pretty much everything. But they kind of did a sliding scale. They they did like some inflation. They're like, yeah, I could imagine that happening. Yeah. Okay, I could see it, right? And so I feel like that might affect my strategy next year if we well, do this again potentially. Because I would like to do this again. Yeah, it was yeah. fun. I had well, I had a lot of fun with this. It ended up changing how I watched the baseball. I have never watched so many Daniel Vogelbach on base <laughs> situations. <laughs> yeah, like my MLB TV subscription got a lot of work this yeah, year. He really let me down. And well, I I'm not blaming Vogelbach, but we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, but, but that's the thing. Like uh, because we weren't rewarded as much for the long shots i feel like as we should have been maybe and so i feel like this this goes against rewarding boldness because people aren't going to vote no that's not going to happen as much as they quote unquote should and thus when it comes true you're not going to get as much credit as you probably should given how unlikely it actually was to happen well we got some really big long shots that ended yeah. up paying off. Yeah. Like, I'm not which... going to end up winning this game as a whole, but I think I took home you... the biggest individual win on you a long You did. Shot. <laughs> you got... So, well, no. yeah, we'll get we'll to get that. There. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, so you can start yes. with me. Yeah. Yes. So uh, there are three predictions that are still outstanding. Okay. I All three of them are looking like no's, mm -hmm. and they're not going to affect the ranking. So we'll go with that in a when we get to the listener scores at the very end, that'll also have an impact there. But okay. we start with number one, there will be a minor league game fixing scandal. <laughs> right. And this uh, earned a 12% vote. Mm -hmm. And Ben, I think it's very fitting that ignoring college baseball was to your own detriment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. I know. I I saw some conversation about like, does this count? No, it doesn't count. But I nope. I feel like I was I was in the right uh, ballpark, so to speak. I mean, physically the wrong ballpark, but, but conceptually speaking, the right ballpark. Except that I guess the college baseball betting scandals were not game fixing scandals, right? As far as we know, Michael. Uh, yeah, it was like sharing of insider information. Yeah, no indication that anyone was throwing games or anything. Although the details of the Iowa stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I lived in Iowa City for many years, so that was very wild to watch uh, going on in terms of just how much was happening in Iowa. It's just like, whoa. Yeah, huge summer for Iowa athletics. 
<laughs> yeah. If your last name was Ferentz, you had a very interesting year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I might run this one back next year because I still believe in it long term. And yeah. what I should do is uh, we should, we'll have like media member betting scandal. Like that doesn't mm. even feel unlikely, unfortunately, though I know that the PPWA is, is working on trying to uh, at least have some language saying, don't bet on sports if you report on you sports. You should have come to the meeting, Ben. Yeah. You should have come to the meeting, Ben. I wasn't there, Wait, but. He's a member? <laughs> <laughs> Remember, in good standing, but uh, yes, I that just feels inevitable at this point. But it, for reasons that are even clearer, maybe than the minor league idea. But hey, I'm happy that this didn't happen. But right. I, I, I still think it might at some point. Number two, okay. Ronald Acuna Jr. will have a 50-50 season. Mm. This earned 14 percent, another very low ranking. You, this was no. But really, all season, it really felt like Acuna was like one hot streak away from being on pace, but he ended up only with 41 home runs. Mm -hmm. Now, my question to you is, if you hadn't watched this season and I told you that Acuna's home runs and stolen bases (laughs) added up to 114, what odds would you give that he actually did have a 50-50 season? Really good odds, I think. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like I got this one right in spirit. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't yeah. doesn't count. But but my point was basically like, yeah, he's going to come all the way back and he's going to have a monster power speed season. And yeah. he did. It just. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely did in every single way except the actual stat. Yeah. So. OK. Um, number three, Major League Baseball will institute the pie slice rule in mm, 2024. Right. Now, this is one of our three to be determined. However, they have announced a slate of rules that they are looking to make for 2024. Uh, the pie slice is not one of them but they have 45 days according to the cba which i have now read and meg i totally get it now (laughs) yeah that's right yeah i'm i'm totally into reading the cba the all of the appendixes appendices at the end is always hilarious but yeah uh this is probably not going to happen 18 percent voted yes but we're looking at no yeah, my my rationale for that was just that I didn't think that the shift restrictions would have enough of effect that they mm-hmm. would declare it mission accomplished, that they'd be like, all right, we need to go further and we need to now prevent infielders from standing right a, a hair to the side of second base. We have to carve out this pie slice where they can't stand. And they were still testing that in the minors this past season. I think the Florida State League at least had the pie slice rule going on. So I feel like the shift restrictions didn't have a huge effect, but I guess it was a big enough effect that maybe they feel like that's enough for now or they don't want to pile on. They want to wait a while. But I don't know. I guess my point with making this one was that, like, I didn't think there'd be that dramatic a shift, so to speak. And I guess there wasn't an enormous difference, like compared to the other rules changes, at least it kind of felt like it got lost in the shuffle a little bit but there was enough of a difference on at least like certain types of batted balls that maybe they're satisfied for now i don't know yeah number four no team will win more than 97 games 25 percent and bauman you were quoted as saying i think this is the single projection that will lose someone the most points (laughs) You were very, very wrong. (laughs) But yes, the Braves, Orioles, Dodgers, and Rays all eclipsed 97. 
Um, so Ben only lost 25 points for that because only 25% of people voted yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did not have enough faith in the listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, uh, picking up on, I, I thought less super, super teams this year than there had been in the recent past. And the projections, I think leveled off somewhere around 97, which was weird because there had been triple digit teams typically for, for several seasons at least, which was not really the norm going back a bit, yeah. but it had been recently. And I thought, okay, maybe we won't have like a super duper team. And I guess, you know, the Dodgers won a hundred games, but they didn't win 110 or 11 or whatever. Like there wasn't, you know, the Astros kind of fell back to earth. There were good teams, but they're. The they're, Rays won 99 games. Yeah. Like you don't need super teams to get over 97. No, yeah, it's true, but but the the high end was a yeah. little lower than it had been recently. Once again, the spirit of the prediction. Yes, there was more parity in the league, but not enough for your prediction. <laughs> yeah. Um, next, uh, number five, Juan Soto will mm. beat Otani to a five hundred million dollar contract. So this is TBD, <laughs> uh-huh. and it's not the end of the year yet, and Soto hasn't signed yet. So I yeah. guess this begs a question that I don't believe has been discussed at all on Effectively Wild. How are we valuing Otani's contract? <laughs> yeah, we should talk about that one. Yeah, of we these should days. talk about that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it, has Otani received a five hundred million dollar contract, or are we going with net present value? In which case, uh, <laughs> Juan Soto still has a chance. <laughs> or, or even if it is, pre- if even if it is like sticker price, does it count as receiving it? Mm. When he only starts receiving oh, it 10 years from now. Yeah, him. that's right. Because Otani's is so deferred that o- it, Soto might actually get his money before Otani does. Well, I, it's he'll beat him to the contract. Yeah, this, okay. this is very specific wording. <laughs> o- t- during Otani's career, he's making that John Singleton money. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I knew this was a long shot what with Boris, yep. but I, I yep. figured I'd try it. Well, 33%. Of listeners agreed with you on that one. Okay. Um, number six, uh, sticking with familiar territory, Shohei Otani will earn 12 plus F war. Mm. And there is no joy in Mudville. Mighty Shohei has gone sproing. Yeah. So, it uh, it was looking pretty good for a while, actually. I mean, that was very, it was, I, I was checking in on this about once a month and looking at the war, and it was, he was within the margin of error right up yeah. until he got taken out. Right. Would have been even closer if I'd said baseball reference war, which has tended to be a bit higher on, I guess, his pitching war. So he got to 10 baseball reference war. And had he pitched the full season, he, yeah. he, he might have. He might have made it. But he, uh, he ended up at nine fan graphs war. But yeah, he made a run. I just clicked on his page to see how much he ended up with, and the banner was blue instead of red. And it's weird, ooh, right? It was jarring. Yeah, yeah, it's wow. weird. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. This is what this is what loyalty costs you, I guess, Ben. You know. <laughs> yeah. All right. What's next? Uh, the Padres will mm. have the National League's best DH WAR. This was thirty-five <laughs> percent, and Ben. As a Twins fan, I too love Nelson Cruz, but I'm afraid that this is the season that he finally got caught napping. Yeah, that uh, that did not happen. Yeah, no. and, yeah. I I wanted like a old guy still got it one last hurrah for Nelson Cruz and Matt Carpenter, who we mentioned earlier. <laughs> Given I mean, the fact was, that no one wants Matt Carpenter, you can uh, infer from that how his season went. I mean, it was basically the fourth annual. This is the year Nelson Cruz finally drops off a cliff, mm-hmm. and it was bound and to happen eventually. So, yeah, where did they actually end up in this? Let's see. Very they, low. Uh, I I don't have the number in front of me because uh, it was so not close. Eighth, eighth yeah, seventeenth in, yeah. in the majors. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Um, 
The Phillies Next. won that one. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Cool. that. Uh, um, I mean, they should. Their entire team is DHs. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Uh, number eight. And now we venture into uh, votes where the majority of audiences agreed with you. Oh, Anthony okay. Volpe will have a better rookie season than Derek Jeter uh, based on an oh, average no. of F war and B war. This was so close. close. Yeah. <laughs> they tied in B war, but in F war, Jeter had 2.2 and Volpe had 1.9, oh, which on. is like one five for five game might get you there kind oh, of thing. Man. And just came so close. Uh, if but, only uh, he had had that uh, chicken parm meal mid-season when uh, they, they went over his old plate appearances and changed his stance or whatever it was, and he got hot for a little while after that. If that had happened at yep. the chicken parm party, if that had happened sooner, maybe I would have made it. Yeah. Close. I mean, Very close. I guess it depends on what uh, defensive metric you look at with Volpe because some are higher on him than others but <laughs> the ones that counted for this I uh, guess defensive not high saved. enough yeah. yeah yeah right OAA was lower on him right but DRS was higher on him yeah I kind of I thought like he'd have a less flashy rookie season than Jeter and obviously wouldn't be as good offensively but maybe would make it up on the defense and yeah close yep uh 61 percent of listeners agreed with you on that wow, one I'm surprised okay um, number nine, Daniel Vogelbach will steal a base. And I just, when I, when you sent me the list, cause I got the list from you cause I had to set up the Google form. I got the list. I hadn't been able to listen to it yet. And I saw that one and I'm like, they get the assignment. Yeah. Okay. Yes. This is the <laughs> chaos that we're after. Yeah. Uh, he but didn't yes, even attempt one. No. Come on. So this, this is my argument. Vogelbach completed the season with zero stolen base attempts, and then Buckshaw Walter was fired. Coincidence? I think not. <laughs> yeah, well, that's uh, going to be relevant to another prediction later in this draft, right? Yes, it will be. That's uh, but right. 67% of people said yes to Daniel Vogelbach yeah. stealing a base. How could he not? Like, but it, that's. That is on, everyone man. wanted it to happen. Right. Yes. Like there was other than the commercial, there was no reason to think that that would happen. And everyone was just like, let's speak this into existence. New new rules. I mean, that the commercial was about the new rules, how it made it easier yeah. to steal. We Plenty of slow guys could sneakily steal one every now and then, even before the new rules. He could have gotten away with it once if he had picked the right moment. But yeah, yeah. fortune favors the bold. And then finally, number 10, Coming in at 80%. Wow. And the one prediction you got correct <laughs> the Rockies hey, will the make point a trade at right. the deadline. I mean, it is. Oh, it yeah. Is. <laughs> it is, but it's not to, to make it shoe wins that you get it right. But So this was one that I kind of wished I had been on the line to adjudicate because I, when I saw that and then during the season, I was like, well, wait, when is at the deadline? Because they had a trade. A few weeks before that, and I had to be like, no, that's not close enough. But then the Rockies traded Pierce Johnson to the Braves on July 24th. And I was mm -hmm. like, yeah, that's close enough. Mm -hmm. Like no one's going to object to a trade a week before the deadline is being at the deadline. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I will count that one as yes. Yeah. Uh, Meg, you said yeah. at the time, what a snarky pick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they hadn't made one, but they didn't make one like last year, right? They, you never right. know what the Rockies will do or not do at the deadline. Right. And often they're just like, yep, we like our team the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. No notes on, on the present Rockies roster. Reason. Yeah. Can I tell a funny story? Mm -hmm. Apparently, Pierce Johnson grew up next to one of my like distant relatives on my mom's side. And uh, they were like, 
I, I saw them at a family event, not Pierce Johnson. He was busy, I assume. And they were like, we're so happy. You know, he got, you know, he's going to be here in Colorado. And I was like, did you not like him very much? And then I was so happy for him when he got traded and they were disappointed. I was like, no, this is, this is better for Pierce. If you want good things for the, you know, young man who had to come retrieve baseballs from your backyard every now and again, like this worked out better for him. Yeah. Trust me. <laughs> All right. Who is uh, next or what's my score, I guess? You finish with a negative 279 points. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Hey, I'm going to take this as a a compliment. My positive spin on this because I'm Mr. Chalk, you know, and I I feel like I really went against my nature here and I tried Mm. to go out on a limb and I went a little too far and the branch cracked and deposited me on the ground and I lost but I'm I'm pleased with this result because my main concern was don't be too predictable. Actually, make a bold prediction for once when someone asks you to do that. And maybe I went too bold. Maybe that's so sad. <laughs> yeah, that's so sad that this counts as bold for you. <laughs> well, you weren't the boldest, according to the audience. Mm. We now turn our attention to the person who was, <laughs> which was a Mr. Ben Clemens. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh huh. Okay. Ben uh, had the highest potential score out uh-huh. of everybody at the beginning of the year. He could have earned six hundred and fifty-five. He earned negative two hundred and forty-five. If if the one to be determined still goes the way that we expect it will. But we have, starting off with Ben Clemens, the Dodgers will lead or tie for leading the major leagues in wins. 18% agreed. <laughs> and Ben started by saying, this is my least controversial prediction. Yeah, and then the say. audience said, no, it is the most. <laughs> really? I think that, wow. yeah, Only 18%. Shocking. In retrospect, yeah. it doesn't sound bold. Well, I think 18% is right. It's just yes. that everyone misjudged all of my other ones. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know at the time we thought the Dodgers were vulnerable, but uh, in retrospect, when are the Dodgers ever vulnerable? Yeah. Uh, the Dodgers, the, the Dodgers, there was actually at no point during the regular season, the Dodgers had the most wins in the league. Hmm. Like I wasn't it was, that far off, though. What it was? They made a late. Wasn't it that they made a late charge? But they won hundred games. Yeah, like, yeah, right, right. But in terms of the number of games that they were behind, whoever was leading was always at least five yeah. or something well, like four that. Four games. They ended up four games behind the Braves. That's not terrible. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, as a Twins fan, I can tell you that coming back four games with three to play is actually possible. <laughs> Shoutouts to two thousand nine. Uh, <laughs> Uh, number two, Seiya Suzuki will lead all qualified NL Central hitters in WRC+. Plus. This was a 22% agree rate. And this was actually really close. Cody Bellinger led the NL Central with 134. Suzuki came in second with 126. So actually, pretty good job there. Uh, but also, twenty-two percent is way too high for that for that prediction. I feel yeah, like so there's a getting, lot of hitters in the NL Central. Yeah, that is there's a lot, and so getting second place is really good. Uh, number three, and the one that you got correct, Kodai Senga will accrue the most F WAR on the Mets pitching staff. Mm. Um, he was also the only pitcher to achieve qualified status for the Mets, <laughs> but he accrued three point four WAR. So mm-hmm. on the board, twenty-four percent. Agreed. So that earns you 76 
point. <laughs> yeah. Was that even close? I'm guessing. No. Not, <laughs> no, no, not even close. Not. Yeah, he ended up with 3.4 pitching war, and next was Justin Verlander traded after accruing 1.9 yeah. for the Mets. He basically so. just had to stay upright. Yeah. <laughs> and he was going to make it. But he also outwarded Verlander on the year, even counting his whole season. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Narrowly. Mm-hmm. And like quite a bit over Scherzer. So, yeah. Yes. Uh, number four, Juan Soto will win the National League batting title. 27%. Uh, That's so outrageous. 27% of people? Like, yeah. Really? 27% of people forgot that Luis Arias existed. Well, and, it's just like, like even Luis Arias shouldn't have been 27 Yeah, is so take the much. field. Yeah. 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 Especially because Soto wasn't even a high average hitter in nope. 2022. He batted 242. <laughs> like, so low average. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he won a batting title in 2020. He had a 300 average in 2021 but it's not like he's a perennial batting title guy necessarily so yeah that's uh <laughs> yeah this, yeah that's what i'm saying you know people just want to believe so yep he ended up uh soto ended up ranking 21st in the national league mm-hmm. in batting average with a 275 his batting average did go up just not enough yeah. um number five uh with with great suspense, Ben Clemens listed off Gunnar Henderson, Corbin Carroll, Jordan Walker, and Anthony Volpe and stated that none of them, zero, <laughs> would win Rookie of the Year. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> uh, 33% said yes to that. Uh, yeah, I think people, I think that one was one where I shouldn't have done a none of, because right. a none of is very unlikely. Yeah. yeah. But... Like, if I'd done a one of. Maybe one of. That still would have been wrong, but that would have been yeah, more but in the wheelhouse. None of those are actually pretty unlikely, but I don't think I... It's hard to predict them as being unlikely. Yeah. Number six, no player will steal 50 bases. 36%. <laughs> Again. <laughs> this was like... I feel like this was already settled in July. Oh, yeah. Like, it was like... We were looking at the pace and just like, there's just no way. Well, but, I thought this would be like a 5% vote or something. 36%. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, clearly someone was going to steal 50 bases. I thought this was, a, like, an extreme outlier take. Yeah. And yet, and yet you still had the boldest predictions, according to people. And most of the reactions we're having to these are like, this should have been voted way lower. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a really interesting juxtaposition, given your predictions. I tried to go, uh, I tried to go pretty out there. Yeah. I thought the, again, the spirit of maybe the, the top end won't be as high as some people are projecting because, you know, people are like, are we going to get like a hundred stolen base guy again? Right. And I'm pretty yeah. sure when someone asked me early in the season, I said, I thought 60 or somewhere between 60 and 70 would be the high, which wasn't far off, but just because yeah. people were so reluctant to run, probably some people should have run even more than they did. Like Ronald Acuna being the the high man, he's not the fastest guy by a long shot. So probably someone else who's on base less than Ronald Acuna even could have surpassed him if they'd really wanted to. But it just seems yeah. like, you know, hard to change old habits or people just concluded that the injury risk and the wear and tear just isn't worth it, even if you think you can swipe some bags. So... I think the the thread emerging from the bends is that where you guys went wrong is you had a lot of quantitative yeah. predictions. Mm. And if there's a number on it, then you can talk yourself into whatever, mm. I think. So we yeah, should I think that's very more vibes-based 
predictions. Yes. <laughs> okay. Which is we'll which get is to also that in a second. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's also interesting because Bauman, you were quoted during that prediction as no one's gonna steal 70. Well, uh, good thing I didn't make that one of my bold predictions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. And you got there barely. Yeah. Like 73, well, he right? Did yeah. Get there. Mm-hmm. He did. Right. Um next. No player will top eight pitching or batting fan graphs war. 38% said yes. Uh, and Acuna and Betts also said yes and both hit 8.3 fan graphs war. So that is a no. I think the audience did a good job there. That, uh, I think that was not unreasonable. Yeah. Um, number eight, Juan Soto will sign an extension before December 31st, 2023. This is obviously still <laughs> TBD, but given his press conference with the Yankees hat, I don't think this one's happening. Probably not, but yeah, still got a little time here. <laughs> and I would just say, like, I don't want to speak for you, but personally, I am fine with the like end of year player related ones just not happening. You know, I'm just like <laughs> really trying to not make my mom mad next week. That's yeah. just one yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, 45% said yes to that. Uh, number nine, one of my favorite predictions that happened during this event, Randy Rosarina will steal 40 bases and have a negative BSR. Uh, 48% said yes. The answer was no. Randy went the other way on both counts. He only stole 22 bases, but then had a 1.8 BSR. Yeah. This is another um, victim of the um, the all of the above kind of deal, like yeah, or the none of the above. Like this is actually really unlikely. It's like so hard to steal that many bases because you have to be pretty successful yeah. and also be a bad base runner overall. But I, that's like a little math trick. Yeah. Well, and why would I make a math trick as a prediction? That seems pretty dumb <laughs> in retrospect. It, I think that this prediction and the poll response really speaks to. It's not so much about like what people think is likely, but it also is about whether a prediction confirms someone's preconceptions about a player. Yeah. That people wanted, like, oh, that totally makes sense that that zany thing would happen. Um, I do want to offer one. Michael, you credited Sam Miller while you were discussing this, saying if you've never missed a flight in your life, you've been leaving for the airport too early. Uh, That was uh, Nobel Prize economist George Stigler that said that. (laughs) But also Sam. You know what, Stigler, no, Stigler's famous for, for Stigler's law of eponymy, which <laughs> is that no uh, no scientific t- discovery is named after the person who invented it. And ah, Stigler credits funny. somebody else wow. with coming up with, How appropriate. with that postulate. <laughs> that's amazing. That's wild that, that George Stigler, I had no idea he was going to uh, enter my life in another way like that. That's <laughs> yeah. incredible. This, this factoid is brought to you by Raymond Chen and the Effectively Wild Wiki. We got we got to do like uh, Nobel laureates in economics or I mean, <laughs> college if you, baseball. If you want revenge on me? You say, did Sam say this, or was it a Nobel Prize winner? <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, number ten, uh, O'Neill Cruz will hit more home runs than Giancarlo Stanton. And you were basically banking on Stanton getting injured, which he did, and then O'Neill Cruz said, "Hold my fibula." Uh, <laughs> O'Neill, uh, 54% people said yes to this. I was heartbroken when O'Neill Cruz got injured because I thought this was going to happen. I thought that this was, I thought Stanton was going to have a down year and O'Neill Cruz is going to, you know, really explode onto the scene. And then he did not. And I'm very sad. I'm really looking forward to seeing him next season. Kudos to Ben Lindbergh, though, for really working the crowd during this one. 
Um, yeah, because you, that. yeah, it was like, oh, this is really likely. Oh no, this is absolutely. I don't understand. <laughs> this is not a bold prediction. And yeah, the majority of the audience agreed with you. Nice. I, I still like lose. But. Projection system wise, it was a is a pretty bold prediction. But yeah, again, like like I, I really feel like I didn't do a good job picking my predictions. I tried to go for things that I thought were very unlikely, like that I thought were mathematically unlikely, but would happen. And that's silly, like Bauman said. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I still liked your selection overall. I think some, like, you, there was a couple that came close. Uh, but I'm going to be really interested to see how you adjust next year. I, I am at least very gratified that I got the uh, the highest possible score. And I thought my highest possible, I thought my possible score should have been much higher than it was. And I still still managed to pull it out. But yes, that leaves you with negative 245. And now we come to the wild ass portion of our show. <laughs> and the one that was the hardest for me to track for many reasons. <laughs> uh, Michael Bauman. Yeah, uh, this was with, made for Michael Bauman. Yes, four, correct, uh, four predictions correct, six incorrect for a total of plus 45 points. And we start with number one. People Magazine <laughs> will name an active MLB player sexiest man alive. <laughs> 10% of people said yes to this. It, <laughs> it should not have cleared two. I just like this with that. Like, even though that was the least likely, I was like, okay, uh, there. And I looked into this. I ended, I ended up looking into the history of People Magazine. There's only been like two people who were named Sexiest Man Alive, who weren't actors or in the entertainment industry. And one was John F. Kennedy Jr. <laughs> and the other one was an athlete. And I can't remember who it was, but I think it was a tennis player at the time. I don't have that in front of me. But yeah, it was like athletes almost never come on this thing. Like, and I think- Mark Harmon played college football. <laughs> <laughs> no, so the original version of this was an active MLB player will I, I swear to God this is true. The original version of this was an active MLB player will go on a date with Taylor Swift. But this <laughs> wow. she was in a relationship at the time and I was I couldn't think of like another equivalent pop star. So I we would be having that. a very different conversation right now <laughs> if you had gotten that close. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've I've been thinking a lot about how I'm going to refine this for next year. Yeah, who is who is the Travis Kelsey of MLB? Like, if it if it had not been Kelsey, if it had been a baseball player somehow, who would it have been? So, like, my stand-in was Julio Rodriguez, but he's dating a professional soccer player, I believe. Too young. Hmm. Too young for Taylor Swift. Yeah, too. too young for yeah. We don't want to do age gap discourse. <laughs> Please no. Yeah, Joey uh, Votto. Joey Votto. Oh, that'd okay. be a fun yeah. one. Sure. That would be a very fun one. Mm -hmm. I hope he's playing next year. Yeah. 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 I mean, I hope it works out for uh, Taylor and, and Kelsey, obviously, but, you know, Joey's out there. But yeah, I, I did follow up on this on the podcast when the people list came out because Otani was mentioned he mentioned wasn't, yeah like they had a, a breakout list like they had sexiest athlete sexiest athletes or something and he was prominently featured on that but that's uh, a far cry from being yeah. the actual sexiest which uh, as we know as everyone would have predicted was uh, patrick dempsey <laughs> so in the year of our lord 2023 Hang on, can I claim that as no? I said active, so I can't claim can't claim that Chase Utley wins by yeah right. <laughs> no, <laughs> okay. Next, God, 
an animal will kill another animal yes. on the field of play during a Major League Baseball game in a manner visible to spectators. <laughs> the specificity of this prediction became so important in ways that none of us could have seen. 12% of people said yes, and they were correct. And out of all of the judging that I did, this is probably the most contentious on the list, but I went through and I listened to your discussion very close multiple times and humans were never disqualified as being a part of this prediction. <laughs> and my the biology professor in me was like, those are animals, and Will Brennan counts as an animal, and he smashed a ground ball when the Guardians faced the White Sox on May 23rd. This counts as yes, put it on the board. But yeah, even the, a week earlier, was Zach Gallen uh, killed a bird during... Uh, during warm-ups or something like that. Yeah, was- the Zach Gallon close call was when I started to suspect that suspect that we had like meddled with the forces of nature. Yeah. I we I remember you and I were talking on Twitter about whether that would have counted or not. And I was like, if it had been during a game, yeah, I would have counted that. And yeah, it ended up we only had to wait another week, which was the weirdest thing ever. Right. And a sign that this was going to be a very fun year. Um, <laughs> not for the bird, but for this game. Yeah, this made me wonder because there were enough close calls with this thing that I wondered whether there's just more death taking place on baseball fields than we normally credit. And we we were hyper vigilant because of this prediction. I guess when it's a player throwing something or whatever and, and exploding some animal, that that's pretty well known typically when that does happen. And it's fairly rare when it does, but it's usually a big story. But I wonder whether there's just more mortality taking place in a typical season, whether this wasn't really that much of a long shot. Number three, the Phillies will use Gay Bar by Electric Six as a victory anthem at least once this year. 19% of people said yes to this. Now, I do want to note, Bauman said that one of his strategies was to incept this. Absolutely would have counted that. Absolutely. 100% would have counted that. Are any of you familiar with Taskmaster, the TV show? Yes, I'm an avid Taskmaster fan. Yeah. So Mark Watson, there was a task that never got televised that Mark Watson talked about where he had to make five predictions for the year. And it never got aired because one of his opponents made predictions that would have been illegal to broadcast. I think because (laughs) they were like, like... it, in England, they have very strict laws about the election process and whatnot, and like endorsing candidates. And I think it came across like she was basically like, Labor's going to win or the Conservatives are going to lose. So they never used it. But Mark Watson made five predictions that he was like, I think I can make this happen. Yeah. That they sounded really weird. And then he was like, a cat will appear on this thing or something like that. And he was going to do all of that. And I thought that that was brilliant. And uh, Alex Horn at the time was like, yeah, no, we would have counted that if we had actually done that. So, yes, if you'd figured out a way to do that. But also I made two mistakes here. Well, yes, please tell me. Please tell me about those mistakes that you made with this prediction. So the plan was to befriend Garrett Stubbs, who controls the playlist and is also unlike almost every other player on the Phillies actually goes into the clubhouse for pregame media. And so there were probably like five or six times during the season where I was in the clubhouse and like Garrett Stubbs was just hanging out and I had no reason to talk to him. Like I had actually ended up writing about him, but it wasn't until like their very last homestand. Um, <clears throat> and I couldn't figure out the moves that would get me from introducing myself to 
do you know Electric Six? <laughs> <laughs> that that is a few jumps. And like I absolutely could have like talked to him about almost anything. I couldn't figure out how to get from there to not just Electric Six. And this is my second uh, mistake: is instead of using any Electric Six song, specifically saying "Gay Bar." Because I think I could have sold Synthesizer or Danger High Voltage or I Buy the Drugs a lot easier than uh, than Gay Bar. It's just like a you know, it's part of the reason it was such a funny prediction, but also it's it's a it's a specific sell that I didn't feel comfortable making to a stranger. But also, I would have been almost a hundred percent relying on you to know if it happened or not, because it's like, would that be? an article that someone wrote like i was gonna probably just need video from your twitter account of it blasting in the clubhouse if i'd gone and done it i would have made sure to uh let at least one of the phillies beat writers know just to be on the outlook or on the lookout also Stubbs's spotify um his his playlist for phillies post-game stuff is public so if that had ended up on there i would have sent it to you oh but that, would that have been proof that it got played in the clubhouse as a victory anthem? I certainly would have attempted to pass it off as such. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, 19% of listeners agreed with you, but it did not happen. I'm very sad to say. Number four, eight teams from the two East divisions will finish with more wins than any team from the two Central divisions. 21% said yes. Not only did three teams from the East beat out the Brewers, only three teams uh, from the East divisions beat out the Brewers at 92 wins, but even if you take the Brewers away, only five beat out the 87 wins of your AL Central champions and winners of three postseason games, the Minnesota Twins, get bent, Michael (laughs) Bauman. This was closer than I thought it was going to end up being. Really? Yeah, the Brewers ended up, well, no, the the effing Mets let me down. Um, but I think first time you've ever said that. Yeah. Well, it's the first time I've ever been disappointed at the Mets losing. I can say that, but no, I, I stand by this one, even though it ended up being, like you said, spectacularly wrong. Yeah. And spectacularly wrong in a way that made me very happy. So that's, that's where I derive my glee from it for, um, uh, number five, the savviest pick, In all of this game, LSU players will be selected with the first two picks in the MLB draft. 26% said yes, and your knowledge of the SEC paid off for you. There was a late rumor that the Pirates were going to try to go under slot with Max Clark. And I think, did Kylie report that rumor? I think that's right. Yeah. I'm just going to say, I remember distinctly wanting to kill Kylie a few days before the draft. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know if it was because of this or something else. Could have been any number of things. They made me sweat because because Dylan Cruz apparently was not going to deal with the Pirates and they could have, you know, they could have gone any number of directions. It is nice how uh, this this gave us a rooting interest in things that otherwise I wouldn't really have (laughs) felt invested in or had any personal stakes. Yeah, next year it's going to be will Paul Skeens go to space? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which which adds a whole new context to Meg going Skeens on the podcast during this, which was really funny. Yeah, Skeens, uh, number six, the one the prediction that kicked everything off. Lance Lynn will have a higher F four than Jacob Degrom. Thirty two percent said yes. You counted basically on DeGrom getting hurt, but you did not account for Lance Lynn having the worst season of his career. It never occurred to uh, me. 
No. Uh, DeGrom accrued more Fangraphs war in 30 innings than Lance Lynn did in 183. <laughs> How close did I get? Oh, uh, not close. Uh, let me. Look. That's disappointing. <laughs> DeGrom was really good in those 30, those 30 innings. Yes, he was. Uh, yeah. Lance Lynn last year had a Fangraphs war of 0.5. And uh, uh, Jacob DeGrom... So one and a half. Jacob Degrom had a war of one and a half. Yeah, so you were one war off. Hmm. I thought the Dodgers fixed him. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's rough. Yeah, it's uh, that's uh, one you can kick yourself over. Just like nah, I don't, no regrets. <laughs> I'd do it again. Yeah, I mean, one of mine, my uh, cutting board predictions was uh, that Livy would riz up Paul Skeens, <laughs> and that happened. And I was kicking oh, myself boy, all year. Yeah. One of your one of your cutting board predictions was also one that I gave you, and then you used it at the end of the episode. <laughs> uh, Byron Buxton will be a qualified hitter, which is yeah. it's good that you didn't use yes, that. It is. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, number seven, Starling Marte will hit less than twenty doubles. Forty-two percent said yes, and you were correct. Or should I say, Ben Lindbergh was correct. <laughs> uh, Sterling Marte only hit seven doubles while having a down year, but you scored uh, 58 points for that one. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't understand what your thought process was for how you made that prediction. You're just I, like, I, I was betting that Ben would hem and haw when asked a simple, simple question for like 40 <laughs> seconds. And then he came right out and right out. Yeah. <laughs> Number eight, no game will end in a clock violation. 60% mm. said yes. And you were correct. I wanted so badly for this to be wrong. I was let down. And then like on April 3rd, literally like in the first week of the season, there was a team that there was an out recorded by clock violation with one out in the ninth. Oh, the Mets did it. The Mets, uh, their, their penultimate out was recorded on a clock violation while facing the Brewers. I was like, this is absolutely going to happen. But that is the closest that we got. The entire year. Yeah, once we got to like April 15th and it didn't happen, I, was, I knew we were safe. Yeah. Number nine and the most legendary pick. Ugh. A CBA will not enter into force <laughs> in minor league baseball during the 2023 regular season. Now, the polling was still open when this news broke. And this was polling at 82%. <laughs> And there was a massive shift afterwards, but it wasn't, there were still people voting the other way, even though it had already happened. But 42% still agreed with you, even though the news had already broke that you were wrong. Right before uh, I was like, should I text someone from the union and see if I'm going to look like an idiot making <laughs> this prediction? It was like, nah, I don't need to do that. Nah, you got, yeah. But yeah, the, the end result, 66% ended up agreeing with you, so you lose 34 points. I and then, deserved every one of those 34 yes. lost points. Finally, number 10, more pitchers will appear for the Pirates than will qualify for the ERA title league-wide. 67% agreed with you. Only 30 pitchers appeared for the Pirates. Can you guess the one team that actually tied the number of pitchers? Oh, Jesus. No, I'll, here, I'll tell I, you this. 40, I remember 44. I, I was tracking it and I couldn't. And the Pirates had like an unusually stable season. Yeah. 44 pitchers qualified for the ERA title league wide. The Philadelphia Phillies had 44 huh. pitchers appear for them. Really? Yes. 
Yeah. I'm surprised by that. Uh, according according to my sources, 44. Uh, so, yes, that results in 45 total points, and we come to the winner of our event, Meg Rowley, <clears throat> with five correct, four incorrect, and one to be determined. Uh, yep. It, that's if right. If we go with the no that I'm expecting for your one, you'll end with 60 points. Um, but you you cleaned house. And for all of the ones that Ben Clemens is like, I was too precise. You leaned into it and rocked this yeah. game. Yeah. Um, yeah. This was wild. Uh, <laughs> we'll start with yeah, the time. <laughs> Especially because... In the beginning, I looked like I had just totally yeah, whiffed on this about draft. Your draft, or you felt um, like you hadn't followed the assignment or something. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't feel sufficiently bold. Um, I thought that all of my um, predictions proved to be too chalky, and that uh, I was just gonna. Even if I was right, I, I was just gonna lose because they were so. I mean, you have you have you parlay know, bets. You have parlay bets that ended up yeah. coming well, out. Maybe, in this. I do. <laughs> It's shocking for someone like me who, you know, like uh, probably still doesn't totally understand how that works. You know, like um, it's fine. Don't worry I about mean, it. I mean, I guess fine. it makes sense for me to say this as Mr. Chalk, but it, it does make sense to kind of be chalky in this game, I feel like, because, again, people want to predict that things will happen. And so you're not going to get rewarded as much by the long shots if they come in. Granted, like most of the longer shots just didn't come in anyway, so it didn't really pay off. But right. but also, I mean, you know, if, if people aren't going to like have as big a gap between their levels of support for things that are really likely and things that are really unlikely, then it kind of favors you to to not go super unlikely, I would think. Yeah. Well, I think Bauman had the right attitude. I think at one point he said, I so, like, I so often do. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, you said something effective. I'm, I have one that I think is more likely, but I don't think the viewers will think is as likely. And I'm guessing that's the draft one mm. that was that the one that you were talking about. You never said <sighs> which one remember. you were talking about, but there was one. you said one of your picks. You're like, I'm pretty confident this happened. I don't think anyone else. Oh, think it was, I think happened. it was the, the clock violation one. Oh, the clock. Yeah, I was certain that 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 was going to hit. Okay. Well, number one, we start with one that didn't come through, but was really damn close. Zach Gallen and Logan Webb will lead NL Cy Young voting one, two in either order. And they ended up being two, three. Yeah, I should have I should have said that they would finish in the top three. Um, I should have been a little less precise here. um, And I think it would have served me only only 12 percent agreed with you. That would have paid off huge. Uh, but yeah, you came damn close. Uh, number two, the one that I'm mystified that people summit, the amateur draft will get rained out and relocated somewhere else in Seattle. <laughs> that is a level of specificity <laughs> that uh-huh. I did not expect would earn 21% yes. That's like a lot of people being like, yes, that is a trope about Seattle that I agree with. This will yes. definitely happen. Yep. We didn't even know if the draft was going to be was going to be outdoors yet. <laughs> We did not. We did not know one way or the other. And let me tell you, it was a beautiful yeah. day when they. I, I was so. actually like, there was <sighs> like a, a few days before. I was looking at weather reports for Seattle, and I'm like, what am I doing with my time here? <laughs> like, I'm gonna know the yeah. day of. <laughs> Number three, the top two prospects, Gunnar Henderson and Corbin Carroll, will win Rookie of the Year. Twenty-two percent said yes. They did. <laughs> wow, yeah. they did. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's yeah. wild, mm-hmm. and it was like that was pull, that was 
pole to pole, right? Like that was just all year. It's like, yeah, that's probably going to be what happens. Well, in the beginning of the season, it looked like a young gunner might uh, have a a rough introduction that lasted long enough for him to, to get got in the AL rookie of the year race. Um, and then it went, ended up being fine. You know, he ended up um, really turning it on. But his his first couple of weeks, I think, was um, was not bad considering um, his level of pro experience, but not like godlike. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but then it ended up being fine. It did. Yeah, and you earned seventy eight points. That's like the most chalky, but like so so chalky, but that it circles around into not being chalky because like yeah. even though. Yeah, like they're the favorites. It's still unlikely that they will both win the way that they did. So, yeah. 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 Um, next one, another another winner for you. A team that has never won a World Series before will win it this year. It wasn't the team that you wanted, but it was a team that had never won a World Series. 29% said yes, and the Texas Rangers took the piece of metal. And I even, I saw it live, saw it in person live. And I'm sure the first Mm. thought in your head was, I just earned 61 points. It was not. I don't think you knew that this, like this, I think was what put you ahead of me because I was tracking it. And I remember feeling like the sense of loss to rival what I felt Mm -hmm. when I was in the building when the Phillies lost their first ever game seven. And uh, yeah, (laughs) you left it for like right down to the wire. It was right at the wire. Like yeah. Yeah, you came on strong right at yeah. the end of the year, thanks to uh, this one and then uh, the last one that we'll get to. Um, uh, da, da, da. Next one. Only five players will hit 40 home runs, but Aaron Judge will hit at least 50. Mm. 41% said yes. Six players hit 40 home runs. Aaron Judge was yeah. not one of them. He certainly had the pace, but uh, he didn't have the playing time. Nope. No. Um, number six, Francisco Alvarez will hit at least 20 big league home runs. 41% said yes. Zips projected him at 21 home runs at the time. He hit 25. Put her on the board. Um, and this is exciting for me for multiple reasons because I, I don't play fantasy baseball, but I do um, play in a diamond mine sim league. Um, and Alvarez was one of my draft picks this year. Ooh. So everything was coming up Meg yeah. with this one. You know, it was good to see him come on. Um, okay, this one. This one might be one of my favorite picks. Because when I, I was like, what is going on? We will see at least five 40 plus stolen base seasons, but not more than seven. <laughs> 48% said yes. Meg, uh, would you like to give me some lotto numbers after the show? This, uh, <laughs> I, I, well, I don't think this should have earned 48% voting. And yet here we are exactly six players met the criteria. Ronald Acuna Jr., uh, Ruiz, Carroll, Witt, uh, Abrams, and Nico Horner with 73, 67, 54, 49, 47, and 43 stolen bases respectively. I like that the precision of this, um, completely outpaces the confidence I had that I knew sort of what impact the rule changes would have on the stolen base environment. Like I knew it would change, but I didn't know if we were like overestimating what was going to happen, the number, and then it ended up being, um, it ended up working out for me, but I, I wasn't confident that I really understood the the true impact that this would have. So I'm shocked. Yeah. I'm shocked really. 
Really threaded the needle yeah. there. Yeah. Very, very much so. Number eight, the Orioles will beat their win total from last year and still miss the playoffs. 60% said yes, the Orioles did too well yep. and ended up making playoffs. So that was a no. Half right. Yep. Half right. Number nine, this is your one TBD. The Brewers will trade Corbin Burns by New Year's Day. 73% said yes. I've seen reports that basically said the Brewers don't think they're moving him. Yeah. Clock's ticking. And uh, obviously Meg's rooting against a trade at this point because you've already won. Rooting against yeah. a trade just so strongly. like Yeah. The game's already locked up. Yeah. Like, but I, you know, it's like, um, even if it affected the game, this is, this is how committed to not making my mom angry I am. <laughs> Cause you know what mom hates me working over Christmas. She hates it. It makes her so angry. Well, then let's make sure that Corbin Burns still has a Brewers jersey on by January 2nd. Yeah. And for Brewers fans primarily, yeah. right? Like the the people who benefit the most from this are, are all the good people of Milwaukee who want to see Burns in their rotation and get to enjoy him and not feel like it's all getting torn down to the studs. But right below those people, it's me and my mom. And so, you know, let's keep all of the constituencies in mind here, I guess is my point. This is a broad coalition coming together for a bright future. <laughs> We come to our final prediction. We will see at least one midseason managerial firing. This was the chalkiest pick. 92% said yes. Uh, Lol Mets. And this is okay. This is fun because Showalter was fired on the final day of the season before the game. However, <laughs> and, and I. I know that there was controversy around this counting yes, for me. I was talking with Ben about this because at the time I marked it as yes, because I believe it meets the criteria. However, he still did manage that game. <laughs> and given the wording of the prediction, I believe it still counts because he was fired midseason. Like he was told you're out. But I think that this I I think that this counts as yes, which is good because if you were wrong. Bauman would win the event. <laughs> as much as I'd like to split hairs, you don't need to like the Giants actually removed Gabe Kapler before the end of the season. Kai Correa managed three games. True. That's that's yeah. true. Yeah. Now, does the last series of the season count as in the spirit of midseason? I would yes, argue it does. not. But since we already brought up yeah, Taskmaster on the sure. show. Yeah. Amidst amidst <laughs> the season, um, um, yeah, the season it was still like, in progress. It is posterior season. Mm -hmm. Well, Not I well now I'm going to say I totally forgot about Kapler. I was focusing totally on Showalter, <laughs> and if it was three games before, yeah, typical East Coast bias. I live in Oregon. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but yeah, I forgot. So this isn't even a controversy. So I would argue it. it's still controversial, but I'm going to lose on a technicality. Yeah. Well, I don't want any of your sass. There is bombing. a difference. Like, you know, if you're deciding to, to kind of pull the plug on someone mid-season, that's a different mid-season as in like in the middle of the season or somewhere close to the middle of the season. That's a bit of a different message maybe than just like, Eh, you know, the season almost, we're going to let you go in a few days anyway. We might as well get a head start, which sometimes seems strange. It's just like, why not wait? You know, why not just let them finish out their term here and not have the indignity of uh, a midseason firing? <laughs> sometimes you're sick of looking at his stupid face. 
maybe so. Yeah. But, <laughs> but that, you know, it's a less meaningful difference than yeah. like if you're firing someone, you know, before the break or whatever, and then right. you have to figure out a real interim person who's taken over a big chunk of the season or hire someone full time. It's a different kind of thing, but Technically speaking, and that is what counts here. It is absolutely. Is Jack McKeon still alive? <laughs> <laughs> I I think so. Yeah, he's. Let's uh, let's play that parlor game for a little he's bit here. Ninety three years young. Yeah, he could still come out of retirement, finish out a season for someone. But yeah, that counts. But it, it was close. It was closer it was, than was, people thought it, it would was, be. I'm sure yeah. coming down to the wire. But yeah, Meg ends with sixty points according to my projected finish, uh, and with that. We close the book on the 2023 preseason predictions game, and we have some listener scores for you. Oh. Uh, so as we know, we got 912 uh, results, or 912 submissions, and based on my projected scores, I will give us our top 10. Uh, and so obviously, because people are making guesses on 40 predictions that are just 10, these scores are going to sound way higher than what we've been talking about here, but... Tenth uh, place, N. That was the submission name, N, with 638 <laughs> points. Brian Hamilton with 650. Octo Paganini with 650. Tom, 670. Rich, 672. Mark Arduini, 684. Alan H, 698. Kevin Paskurek, 760 points. Well, recent, effectively, well, Patreon guest. Yes. Uh, little Maddie with 868 and your winner who broke four digits ryan westhoff wow. with 1066 wow. points what oh a show. yes wow. absolutely amazing showing from <laughs> mr ryan westhoff but please report to the counter for your free steak sandwich after the show yeah <laughs> congrats ryan yeah and so yeah this was a lot of fun and i was really really gratified that ben did take me up on this and then <laughs> allowed me to uh set all of this up and do all of the scoring. Uh, mm -hmm. I had I had a blast with this and I'm looking forward to it for next year. I don't think you should be surprised by that. If there's one thing that I've come to learn about Ben, it's that he is so willing to let other people come up with content for <laughs> I was him. Say, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Great I've been on the show four times now and I haven't paid the Patreon tier exactly <laughs> once. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You've, uh, you've, uh, you're doing a lot of other yeah. work that, you know, brings uh, value and support to the pod, mm -hmm. though. Yeah. So don't don't sell yourself short. Oh, well, thank you. I, I was going to joke, no. like, Eric Longenhagen sent his $5,800 in by, at this point, right? <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As uh, as an anti-predictions person, typically, I enjoyed this exercise and would love to do it again. And we'll see how we will adjust the types of picks that we make next year. I'm trying to remember if the one time I'd like actually worked for you, you paid me or not. Wow. <laughs> me? Wow. We're this was like way back when you were running BP. Ye I wrote a guest article. I don't think really? I got paid. They, they should have been up with yeah. 50 smackaroos should have been coming to you for that <laughs> back then. Well, I was like, knock on your, I'll send an invoice in next year's Christmas okay. card. <laughs> All right. I, with interest that, that could set me back at this point. Yeah. So I do want to ask as a final thing. I, I am because people have to, all of you have said in one way or another that you want to tweak your strategy for next year. What are you, what hmm. are you thinking you, you need to, 
to adjust? What is your, what's your plan? Well, I, I mean, as I said, I, I feel like this does kind of favor not being that bold, but the game itself, the point is to be bold. It's, it's more entertaining to be bold. So even though I feel like the competitive advantage, like the market inefficiency here is being less bold than everyone else, that would also be a lot less entertaining for our listeners. So I'm, I'm not going to do that, but. But the problem is if you make something that's a very chalky pick, and then it ends up being wrong, you get penalized more. Yeah, and so there is, is that true. swing. So you do have to kind of balance it. You yeah. can't just come out and be like, a player will hit a home run <laughs> right. in a game. And it's mm-hmm. like... Yeah. Well, I don't know. We have a few months. Nudity yeah. <laughs> is, the, is the answer to your question. Nudity? How I plan to adjust. There will be nudity in my predictions. <laughs> okay. Nudity. All right. Okay. Well, I content warning is for- out. Yeah, I look forward to forgetting my experience of this draft entirely and then panicking on air when we do it again next year just to stay true to myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and Ben's already said, what, less math? I'm just going to go bolder. <laughs> I, your... I feel like my issue was that they weren't bold enough. I, I just Love need it. to go like much more off the wall, make it clear that like, like okay, Seiya Suzuki will lead the NL Central in batting. That's really crazy. But you're, you could convince yourself. You got to do things that you can't convince yourself of. Right. And I, I feel like some of Bauman's predictions did a great job of that. Some of Meg's did as well. And that's what I've learned. Just go Thank go you. crazy. Thank you. Yeah. You want to get on the board, though. Like, you want to get you want to get one. Right? Do you feel, feel better like for having gotten maybe? one right than zero? Because I don't really. I do. I, I feel a little bit better that I got one right. I think I do. Yeah. I, I didn't get skunked. So, Okay. Well, Chris, uh, thank you for overseeing this and suggesting it in the first place. And we will uh, have a few more months to mull over our predictions for 2024. It has been my privilege, sir. Thank you so much. All right. Well, after that conversation concluded, Bauman said there were no legit midseason managerial firings all year, but we had a midseason NHL coach firing while we were recording this podcast. I don't think any of us predicted that. Somewhere there's a hockey podcast where they made preseason predictions. Maybe that one worked out for someone. Also, at some point in this episode, maybe when I was joking about Livy rizzing up Paul Skeens, I referred to an idea being on the cutting board. Ever since then, I've been thinking, did I say that? Is that an expression? Is that just a blend of on the chopping block and on the cutting room floor? Aren't chopping blocks and cutting boards sort of similar things? These are the questions that run through a podcaster's mind after they record, but before they press publish. But what runs through our minds even more often is, gosh, it's great when people support us on Patreon, which you can do by going to patreon.com slash effectively wild. The following five listeners have already signed up and pledged some monthly or yearly amount to help keep the podcast going, help us stay ad-free, and get themselves access to some perks. A. Quint, Tony, Mark Goble, Penelope Maddie, and Devon Brennan. Thanks to all of you. Patreon perks include access to the Effectively Wild Discord group for patrons only, monthly bonus episodes, one of which we recorded over the weekend and will be releasing soon, playoff live streams, shoutouts at the end of episodes, potential podcast appearances, discounts on merch and ad-free Fangraphs memberships and so much more, prioritized email answers even, check out all the offerings, give us a gift for the holidays, patreon.com slash effectively wild. If you are a Patreon supporter, you can message us through the Patreon site. If not, don't despair. You can contact us via email. Send your questions and comments to podcast at fangraphs.com. You can rate, review, and subscribe to Effectively Wild on iTunes and Spotify and other podcast platforms. You can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash Effectively Wild. You can follow Effectively Wild on Twitter at EWPod, and you can find the Effectively Wild subreddit at r slash Effectively Wild. Shane McKeon is off today, and so filling in for him is Jordan Allen. Thank you to her for her editing and production assistance. We'll be back with another episode a little later this week. Talk to you then. 
effectively won't.